With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, before we get in this episode, can you do us a favor? Will you go ahead and subscribe to the channel? Will you ring that notification bell? And if you would, give this video a like. Well, enough of that mumbo-jumbo. Let's get to the episode. Let's talk developmentally speaking, glow up, and connecting through wrestling. Hey everybody, I'm Morty. And I'm Brian. And on today's episode of Developmentally Speaking Presents Glow Up, we have Susie Spirit, Lori Thompson. How you doing? And thank you so much for coming on. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. I haven't been called Susie Spirit in 35 years now, but I still remember the name and hopefully I'll remember some other things about the television show. Fantastic. <laughs> um, we start off every interview the same way with the same question and it's one of the easiest questions to answer is, what got you into wrestling? Oh my gosh. Well, this is really kind of a surprising story for me too. Um, you know, I was living in Las Vegas. I was originally a classical ballet dancer and needed a better business model. So I uh, went into entertainment, which is a little bit more lucrative. And at the time I was the principal dancer in the Folies Bergere and we did two shows a night, six days a week. So I couldn't really go to many other places. I had my days free and was performing in a lot of other things in a couple of television shows in LA where I had to fly out and then fly back to do my two shows at night. And I saw this interview for a television show that was being produced in Las Vegas. And I thought, well, this is perfect. If it's not something crazy, this would be great because I could still do my show at night and I'd have to travel back and forth to Los Angeles. So I went over to the Riviera Hotel to um, interview for this new television show. And I'll tell you, they showed me this video of Japanese women wrestling. And I thought, oh, they were amazing athletes. They were just doing phenomenal gymnastics. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm not a wrestler. And I started to leave. And Matt Simber came running after me and said, wait, wait, wait. Um, and, and, and said, what, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm a dancer and I'm a singer. I've done some comedy before. Um, and I was a gymnast as a kid, but I don't wrestle. And he said, but wait, the show is a comedy show and the wrestling is a hook. So in the one hour show, we're going to do about a third of it as wrestling matches and the other two thirds are going to be 
comedy sketches and whatever you want to do. If you want to sing, if you want to dance, whatever you want to do. So I thought about it and I was a little nervous trying to learn how to wrestle, but I called him up and said, all right, I think I can do this show, but do you still want me because I have three requirements? Um, number one, I want to learn the television industry. I want to I want to shadow the producer, the director, the writer. I want to learn how television works. Um, number two, I need spinoffs because I do not don't know how long I can wrestle. <laughs> so I need some television spinoffs. <laughs> and number three, I'm the principal dancer in the Follies Bergere, the one on that billboard on the strip. <laughs> Who shows the night six days a week? So you're going to have to tape around that obligation. Absolutely. And I thought, oh, good, they'll say no way. <laughs> and I won't have to learn how to wrestle and everything will just stay the way it is. And he didn't. He goes, yeah, I think we can do that. <laughs> so Dick McLean and Matt Simber brought me on board. And uh, the next thing you know, I'm in the ring uh, learning how to wrestle. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, it was April and Cindy. April played the Royal Hawaiian character, and Cindy played uh, Americana. And they both had been trained by Mula, who you know is a legend in this industry. And they passed that on to a group of us to learn how to wrestle. And I will tell you that not all of us managed to stay in there. Um, we did have a few people wash out. It, it's a little bit challenging. Um, it surprised me. I was a gymnast and a dancer, and it was hard for me. And there were some people in there that didn't have that background that were learning how to do it. And, and uh, boy, I have so much respect for that. That's a, that's a tough training program to go through. So that's how I ended up in the show in the first place. Wow. Um, so, so I can keep telling you more stories, but if you guys want a specific one and, and what I can't remember, I might think I remember and tell you something that's not really true. But. It's it's okay. <laughs> so, prior to going to the the, the tryout, the Glow tryout, uh -huh. had you ever really watched wrestling? Like, you know, I hadn't really. Um, I certainly knew what the WWE was, and I performed on so many different things, from musical theater to I did an act on Star Search uh, back in the eighties and. A couple of television shows and, and films. And so, you know, it been in just about any scenario you can imagine, mm -hmm. um, throwing soft soap into the air for commercials. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I wasn't really afraid of the challenge. Um, and I also, you know, what's really fascinating about wrestling is, I guess it's like anything in live entertainment, um, even the television show, because we tape the matches live, uh, it's live entertainment. And so what you do is you prepare, um, and then you have to go with the flow, right? You have to prepare for what you're doing and make sure you're very prepared. Um, and you got to have contingencies in the back of your mind. And whenever you're working with somebody else, there's always the yes and factor. You, you have to deal with what happens and you don't deny it. You, you go with it, no matter what it is, it's yes, that happened, and yes, we're gonna do this on top of that. So uh, that's pretty much my background on it. Um, 
the wrestling that I, I saw, um, you know, I, I think it was just a few things here and there. I did meet Hulk Hogan once on some other um, project I was working on. Um, but what I did know is these characters are, are larger than life. Absolutely. And their fans are suspending their belief into believing whatever you want to share with them. And I, and I really was fascinated by that concept. Um, so did I come in prepared? No. Did I learn how to do it? Yes. And did I have good people leading me? Yes, I did. Absolutely. Now, Matt Simber, is, his background is more comedy, um, television, film. Mm -hmm. David McLean's background was actually wrestling. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he brought more of the actual wrestling to it. And Matt Simber brought more of the television storytelling to it. Um, so it was a good combination back then. It didn't end up being like a WWE uh, show. Back then it was WWF. So they graduated to WWE after that. Mm -hmm. um, so I, uh, I, I think um, all of us were just trying something new. There wasn't a formula that we could look at and say, this is what we're going to do. It was really all brand new. We didn't know whether the comedy was going to work because it was just so corny. I mean, really corny, um, but lovable, yes, lovable. <laughs> That's my, one of my favorite parts we've talked about. I've talked about this before. I love how campy it was. I love how, how, how hee-haw it was. Like, you know, it, it reminded me of wrestling and hee-haw put together. And, yeah, it's and, exactly right, Marty. I, uh, uh, it's exactly what it was. It was a combination of that. Mm -hmm. And we had to bring that. So we had to have those background characters that were just, like you said, hee-haw-ish, larger than life. And we had to bring that into the wrestling with us and we had to maintain that. In fact, we had to maintain it on talk shows. So whenever we were interviewed, I wasn't Laurie Thompson playing Susie Spirit. I was Susie Spirit on the talk show. Kayfabe. And I will tell you, one time we did a show on the late night show with Joan Rivers. And I remember sitting on the guest couch with Mike Tyson um linda carter who had been wonder woman yeah. <laughs> and, and linda carter is just could not understand how i can possibly sit there as susie spirit and mike tyson asked me for my autograph because he was a big fan um you know it's just, just a, a fascinating time in That's the 80s amazing. when everybody just latched on to this i had a chance because i worked on a lot of the production side of it when i learned it and so I was in Los Angeles doing some post-production. When we lost David, I went in and called some of the matches, um, did the color on it, um, which is the challenging thing to do. Uh, David was amazing at it, and I, I didn't really step into his shoes, but I did fill in for him. Um, and so while I was out there, I went to the office of the um, Shulam Rickless was the one that actually was the executive producer on the show. And I went to his office and they had all my fan mail and I went through it. And that kind of tells you the effect that the show had. It was on Sunday morning cartoons in some markets because they thought it was so cartoonish. And it was on at 2 a.m. in other markets because, you know, this is sexy women rolling around mat. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't either. It's probably kind of a blend of both. So the fan mail that I got was from children saying, 
I want to be just like you when I grow up, Susie Spirit. How do I do that? Who my best friend has been lying to me. She's no longer my best friend. What do you do when your best friend um, does that to you? Two guys in jail saying, hey, if you ever need to be taken care of, you just let my friend Guido know. And wow. for it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> apparently, we were very popular in jail. Uh, back then, they just had one TV, and everybody had to vote on what they were going to watch, and they all picked Glow. So <laughs> we had quite a broad spectrum from college students to, like I said, prison inmates to little children to uh, dads that used to watch the show with their sons. So there you go, right? Crossing right. generations. <laughs> that That's the reason why I, I know what Glow is, is because my dad talked about it when I when I was younger, I mean, Glow was before, well, I was born in 88, so. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, I was before you. Yeah, but my dad, when I was younger, when, when I would watch WCW or WWE or WWF, whatever you call it, he would talk about how Glow, he, 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 he always said that Glow was more entertaining than the women's wrestling on WWE. And I yeah. didn't. I never got a chance because there was no reruns of it where I was. So once I got right. older, I started watching it on YouTube, and and I fell in love with it um, because I I love I love how campy it is. I love the and, and like you said, you stayed in character. The thing about it is, is this was in the '80s when wrestling was still real. Like there 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 was no even even how campy it was. And like you said, all these characters in WWE, WWF were larger than life, and the fans just, you know, got rid of, you know, any type of disbelief that this was, you know, it was real to them. And, uh -huh. and you know, up until, when was it, 97, I think it was, that Vince came out and was like, this is entertainment, blah, 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 mm -hmm. blah, and everybody, yeah. and, and that's when they stopped, people were still betting on wrestling, you know. Up oh until, my gosh! <laughs> right up until that day, people were still placing bets. Um, I think that it's amazing how well you guys could have people believe that it was real because it was. It, it, yeah, WWE they were larger than life, but in your show, it was literally like a comedy hee haw show that you made people believe was real. Right, and that's. That's more than what they did in WWF. Mm -hmm. WWF, they, they they went out there and did their thing, and they had these large live characters, but none of them were like superheroes. Mm -hmm. Like we were talking with uh, Lightning, mm -hmm. when she was out there, she had to be, she had to be a superhero. She couldn't fly, <laughs> you know. Like you know, yet, yet she had to portray this superhero character, and and that takes yeah. skill. That you talk about how you did. Um, comedy and all this other thing and then got into wrestling i can relate to that when i when people come up to me in wrestling shows oh did you wrestle in high school no i was in choir i, I was a choir nerd you know like that's I, I was in musicals and plays and stuff and and it you know it really takes skill to be able to do that more than your athletic skill you have to be able to act and you have to be able to um, improv, improvis improvisation is huge. And it is. Ink on your feet. You know, Marty, I, I, or Morty, I had the probably the biggest 
challenge of the year one year, um, I was wrestling with one of the headhunters, mm-hmm. Nina and oh, I can't remember the name of the headhunters, but um, she slipped and pinned my arm down when I was doing a dive roll over her and my arm dislocated. I, I knew exactly where this was going because I've seen the clip and it hurts me. <laughs> uh, so that wasn't obviously planned, um, but we got this particular show, they were doing some work in the room that we normally were in and so they moved us into the convention space. So we normally had about, oh, 200, 250 in the live audience. And they moved us into the convention space. It was bigger, so they let a bigger, bigger audience in. So we had about 750 people in there. Wow. And um, we have to go with that, right? Mm-hmm. We have to go oh, with yeah. it. She starts dancing around like that's what she intended to do, right? And I, you know, have to leave, but they're going to just have to decide now they're going to disqualify her because she cheated by breaking my arm, okay? Right. Um, and... Jacqueline Stallone, um, Sylvester Stallone's mother, was playing my manager, and she's standing on the ropes cheering for me, and I had to pick my arm up off the mat. I mean, it really, it literally is like hanging there, it, and you have to pick it up. It's gruesome to look at. I, I it was... Do it. And I get to the ropes, and Jackie's going, get back in there, Susie, you're not a quitter. This isn't over yet. I'm like, Jackie, I, I, I dislocated my arm. I, I have to go. So here's a funny backstory about that, though, um, Morty, you'll appreciate this. Um, I was always a very fair cheerleader, all about sports and being encouraging to other people, you know, was kind of my sort of thing. And um, I was had a, a match scheduled to tape that day with uh, a Laura who played attache. And attache is a fabulous wrestler. She went on to train many other wrestlers after GLOW. And so she had broken her hand. So she had a cast on and she'd been working with a cast on her hand. And I thought, well, that's not fair. So I'm gonna, I had a sling that I was gonna wear so I could only wrestle one handed too because she only had one hand to wrestle and that would be fair. So that was the match that was supposed to be coming up later um, that day. And I had to use that Sling to go to the hospital to get my armors. <laughs> so it gets worse than that because I'm the principal dancer in the Follies Verger. Yeah. I had to get from the producer in order to do glow. And I said, it, you know what? And he goes, don't get hurt. And I said, oh, I won't get hurt. I mean, we're, we're careful and we're trained. We're getting trained to do this. And so I won't get hurt. We had to call and explain to him that we needed to get a hold of my understudies for at least four weeks oh maybe six yeah so i called my dance partner and he picked me up and took me over to the hospital and then a bunch of the girls came over to the hospital still in their costumes because they finished the shoot and they came over to the hospital and matt simber came over to the hospital it was it was a, a scene that was actually duplicated in the netflix series um, with the broken leg with the Russian. So, wow. I don't know they, they got that story from someone, but, or maybe that happens in wrestling all the time. Who knows, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. 
I, I, so I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm an attorney. Oh, wow. I do intellectual property and entertainment law, which was always my plan. Um, you know, I was going to start law school when I was in college. I got a chance to go to the International Ballet Competition. And while I was out of there working with the Jackson Ballet, I got a call to do a show here in Las Vegas. Um, so that's how I ended up out here in Las Vegas. And they were supposed to be opening the law school here in Las Vegas. And um, they had a problem with the basketball team. They lost all of their anonymous donors because of that. And UNLV actually got its, uh, it, it was blocked from being in the um, uh, basketball program for two years because of that. And so the funding fell out for the law school and um, I couldn't start law school. Oh man. So when I started doing this show, um, I worked with the writer, Steve Blance, and told him that, and he came up with a very cute sitcom for Susie Spirit and the Farmer's Daughter. And they were wrestlers, and Susie Spirit was in law school at the time, and they would get into situations where, you know, she would have to solve some problem, and the Farmer's Daughter was just the funniest character ever. I mean, she... Between the two of them, the really smart one and then clever, but not quite so smart. Yeah. You know, everything came out of her mouth was like, now, what are all these X's all over the buildings here in Las Vegas? X, X, X. Everything's X, 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 X. <laughs> Do they just need a hug? <laughs> I like it. I mean, just adorable um, skits that they wrote for her. And, and Becky was just an adorable girl. Um, so, so that was a, a spinoff that we were going to do as a series that didn't get picked up. Um, but I actually did end up starting law school um, about 10 years later after GLOW. Um, and so I've been practicing law for 24 years now. Nice. And I have worked for some wrestling shows. And I've gone to speak at the um, wrestling convention and uh, talk to them about their intellectual property rights, about their contracts, um, rights of publicity, uh, just a few things to sort of help oh, um, awesome. performers. Um, so right, that's where I am right now. This is my law office here. Um, but I'm a little older than you guys are. <laughs> <laughs> I have kids your age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. But I met these two guys that who got a hold of me that had watched Glow as kids, and they wanted to do a documentary. They were um, filmmakers, mm -hmm. and they wanted to do a documentary about Glow. Um, and so I helped them with some of the legal issues. Um, they had put together kind of a reunion for all of the performers so they could shoot it. They did a story about, um, to try to work in a thread through it, um, about Emily who played, um, my gosh, I should not let my memory go this bad right now. Um, Mount Fiji. Yes. And what a beloved character and what a beloved lady she was. So uh, they shot that and put it out there. And that's when Jinji Conan, the producer of Orange is the New Black, saw the documentary. Was this very the, the documentary that came out in 2012, right? Yes, 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 it did. It did. Yeah. And so she put together a new show that ran on Netflix mm -hmm. that was not based so much on the 1980s glow, but more on the documentary about the 1980s glow. And so the characters on that were the actual actresses. Like, 
Lori and Cindy in April and not mm -hmm. Susie Spirit, Royal Hawaiian, Americana, you know, is actually the real characters, the, the real actresses that then create the characters and become the wrestlers on the show. So um, some of the girls have sometimes seen a little parallels in those stories. I did see that series. I thought it was very well done. Mm -hmm. It was very different than ours. It wasn't cartoonish. It was, it was a little bit more for adults and oh. real. Right. Yeah. And um, my character, I think, was a little bit of the Russian character. Um, and like I said earlier, she broke her leg, but she also got involved in the production yeah, yeah. of it. I, I see that. The, the What's her name? Alison Brie. Is that who played that role? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, Alison Brie. That, that role really was... I, I, I've watched the whole thing, and I would look at it, and I would try to compare... I think for sure it was a mixture of you and Ninochka put together in the line. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, very sure. much. The character, the wrestling character was um, a lot of Ninochka in it. Right. Um, and then the acting character was um, a lot um, what I did, my background, mm -hmm. you know, with the producer and the director and, and trying to figure things out and trying to balance relationships as well. And it was... Uh, oh, I didn't even uh, think about that part. Yeah, the, the, the character... Uh, the, yes, because in the in that she's actually trying to get into mm -hmm. the, that. Yeah, so that that's definitely I never thought because I didn't know that until now. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I am so very lucky. I learned so very much. I was I'm so grateful to Matt and and Steve. Um, I even went to NAPTI to try to. I don't know if you know what NAPTI is. That's where they sell all of the syndicated television programs. Mm -hmm. So, just to give you a little bit of background on Glow. Um, Michelle Rickless was looking for some kind of mechanism to create television content because the bandwidth was opening up on television stations. And in order to keep your bandwidth for your station, you had to provide content so many hours a day. Mm -hmm. And you, people couldn't afford a lot of the content to stay open. Um, so what he wanted to do was barter the program. And to barter it, you put your own commercials in it and you give it away and have them air it essentially for free with your commercials in it, right? Mm -hmm. So they don't have to pay for the content and get their own sponsors and their own commercials. Um, one second, let me get my phone out here. Um, but what they can do is um, use that content to start to build their viewership and then get some money for sponsors for their other programs. And so I don't think that Rickless really thought that the show would be a big hit. He was just looking for content. And he owned, besides the Riviera Hotel, he owned Fabergé and Brood and a bicycle company. You may remember painted on the mat for Glow. Mm -hmm. They had Fabergé and Brood in the Riviera, right? Yeah. And so um, we did the show for about $100,000 an episode, which is a really small budget. Um, you know, we, he already had the Riviera, so he wasn't paying for the location. Um, and and it, it really looked a lot better produced than just $100,000. And that gave him the chance to get it out there. Well, it became so popular that it started be, being syndicated on um, some of the network stations. So, like, in a lot of markets, it was on NBC. But we didn't know that going in that that's what was going to happen. You just cross your fingers and hope for it. Mm -hmm. So we got to go to sell the, the, the television show that one year NAPTI was in New Orleans. And so we got to New Orleans and 
the police all picked us up and did an escort to the hotel. And you know, it was, they were big fans down there. Um, and then we actually were on the floor with Vanna White, who's selling Wheel of Fortune. And, and I can't remember who was with me. I think I think Jeannie was, Hollywood was with me. And, and we had a, a wrestling ring set up and we were taking pictures with people and doing a little bit of wrestling in the ring. Um, and um, that's how they were selling it to all the syndicated markets at the time. That's awesome. So, Just, you know, yeah, you got to do all the cool footwork too. Like that's yeah, yeah. That's all. That that's really cool. You know, because that's, you know, that's something you'll take with you f forever. That's just you know, uh, not just. I'll the, tell you, I I do now because now I I'm I'm working with a couple of wrestling shows. Um, David McLean just launched. Um, wow. Gene Bussy. Gene Bussy is the um, executive producer on it. Um, she and her family own the um, Lakers basketball team. Wow, that's cool. And it just got picked up. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm working on some of the legal aspects of it now on that. Mm -hmm. um, and it's fun to reconnect with David, too. Um, that's that's awesome. I, I'll, I'll have to keep a lookout for that. Yeah. That's, that's... You know, we did, they did another spinoff for David and I. Um, it had a clever name, Razzle and Dazzle. That's what it was. It was a circus show, and I actually went to Italy with Steve Blance and Matt Simber to go talk to some of the people that um, do circus wow. to do this show. And David and I were going to be the ringmasters or the hosts, and um, he was Razzle and I was Dazzle. So I think it was, they were great characters for us. Um, it didn't get picked up, but it was a you know a fascinating concept that Matt um, Simber and Steve Blance came up with. Uh, so it was good to see David again. He still looks like a little kid to me. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, how did I grow up if you didn't? He still yeah. has that fire in his eyes for wrestling. I don't know if you've had a chance to meet him. Yeah. No, we would love uh, to. Ha we would love to have him on here for sure. Because, uh, yeah. What was the connection with Indiana wrestling? He's from Indianapolis, and he did right, the Bruiser right. and all that. So yeah. 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 Because yeah, you know, growing yeah. up. Growing up, my dad always talked about Dick the Bruiser as well, and Dick, you know, that's, you know, that's Indiana wrestling, Dick the Bruiser. Yeah. yeah. So, and the, all that connection. I would love to talk to him about, not only about Glow, but also, also also maybe talk to him about those days as well, maybe on connecting through wrestling, making two different episodes with him. But, oh, my gosh. David, just no matter what, he got beat up every show. <laughs> <laughs> That's, the uh, bad girls, as soon as they were done, they start beating up the referee or the announcer, right? That's, that's, <laughs> as as a wrestling manager, I know that feeling. Every show, yeah, every yeah, show that yeah. I'm on, I get I usually get something happens to me. But <laughs> uh -huh. well, Steve Blance was the writer, and he actually became the referee. Mm -hmm. And it was very cute. We did a series once of these musical numbers. I can't remember. It was like. Susie's Music Box or something like that. And in one of them, I sang a song to the referee because I Susie had a crush on him. And so she's singing, birds, do it, bees, do it, even educated, please do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's fall in love. And in the meantime, he's in the ring and all the other girls are standing around just beating him up and I'm following him around with just stars in my eyes and my heart. <laughs> And, uh, it was just—it was very cute, very sweet. Absolutely. 
Uh, and you know what? You just you have to throw it out there. Comedy is hard. Um, you know, you have to, you don't, you throw it out there and see if it's going to stick. Are people going to relate to it? Are they going to understand? And I'll tell you, I got a lot of feedback from that to see her have a crush on, you know, the referee. Absolutely. And him being just, oh my God, what do I do? You know, scared to death of her. That's awesome. <laughs> I love yeah, that. it was cute. It was cute. I, I, I so, want to take a chance to tell you thanks um, oh. for, for being a pioneer in women's uh, wrestling and uh, I truly don't think that I, I, I don't think wrestling wrestling in general women's wrestling what you want to say would be the same without you and all the glow girls I, I truly oh my gosh. I truly believe that you guys brought um, with the the you know the the comedy and everything mm -hmm. you brought a, a normalcy to what wrestling is today it, oh. you know with with you know, people nowadays, you know, even though everybody knows it's it's a show, mm -hmm. we all suspend disbelief mm -hmm. because you know you really have to, um, Morty. It's it's a that's what makes it fun. It makes right. It, it makes it an escape. It. Yeah, it really does. Mm -hmm. I did get on a talk show once and um, was a bit blindsided by it because it was. A sports show mm -hmm. and trying to compare it to sports and you know we were going through that transition right then of denying that this wasn't entertainment this was actually a sport and like you said someone could bet on the outcome um, and and he said to me now let's face it first of all right off the bat wrestling is fake um, this isn't real. You guys are just entertainers. And I said, what's your name again? Well, I don't know about you. When I got 200 and some odd pounds flying through the air at me, no, he said, you're just, you're, what you're doing is you're focusing more on the sexual aspects of this. And it's fake. And you're just trying to entice people with sexuality. And that, it just caught me so off guard because mm. we never really even thought about that. You know, we were always thinking of, first of all, am I going to survive this match? And second of all, am I going to make it fun and entertaining and, and let people enjoy it and hear the crowd cheer and hear them laugh and hear them, oh, you know, get a little nervous. Um, and so I said, now, I don't know about you. When there's 200 and some odd pounds flying through the air at me, the last thing on my mind is sex, but you might be different. <laughs> that's, that's a good reaction. Uh, what are you going to do, Marty? We can't, you yeah, know, right. you got to cross that line. You got to keep people's belief in their faith Absolutely. and their enthusiasm. And yeah. you don't want to break that wall for them and not let them have fun. Right. I mean, I've got a scar across the front of my shin that's four inches long that shows you how real wrestling is. You know, I mean, there's, there's, right. you know, that you watch the clip of you with your arm you can't fake that that's I, absolutely and, and and what i always say to people is you can't fake gravity there mm -hmm. is no faking gravity mm -hmm. you hit that mat you hit the floor you hit you know yeah there's some things that are pulled some things that but there fake is not the word for it, it you could call right. it you could call it uh, predetermined you could call it choreography you could call it anything but fake fake is the only thing that makes me mad i hate when people say fake 
because yeah. those people have never spent a second in that ring, and they don't know how <laughs> they don't know how real it is. And, Isn't that the truth? And this Isn't is coming. And this, and this is coming it, from an independent professional wrestling manager. That's a no name. I could tell right. you, it hurts. <laughs> and the, and yeah. It, yeah, it's very. It is real. a little hard. I, I've got a scar, a little scar on my arm once because I was doing a match with Palestina. Um, and she's a terrorist. <laughs> I remember. What were we thinking back then? This is before 9-11. Can you imagine now? I mean, wow. Um, so anyway, she would throw sand or she would do dirty tricks and get sand in your eye. Um, and I got scratched and it got infected. Oh. Um, but, and someone grabbed my hair once and it just actually caught my hair and was being pulled out. My mother came to watch. She's sitting in the front. And she's cheering me on, and I'm like, "Mom, aren't you worried? This hurts." <laughs> yep. And she was worried. She thought, "Oh no, she'll be fine. I might not be, Mom." <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's... <laughs> so, you guys are so much fun. I really enjoyed talking with you and you. your story too. Yes. And well, thank you uh, so much. It my heart to hear how much this was an influence on your life. Thank you. This. Thank and you. watching this with your father that's a that's wonderful well thank you so much for coming on um is there anything else that you any that you'd like to share advice for up-and-coming wrestlers or um anything that you have going on if you're going to i don't know if you're going to be doing conventions or anything anything that you have coming up that you'd like yeah. to share well um you know there's i think as with so many things um, success is where preparedness meets opportunity, right? So your opportunities come along and you gotta first of all know what opportunities match your assets and take inventory of your assets, market them and reinforce them. So when you look at wrestling, really, it's not so much about being the very best athlete. Mm -hmm. um, it's more about how creative are you? How can you think out of the side the box? And how can you make people identify with you? Um, what's gonna make them see part of themselves in you? Or something that, that really touches them. So is it going to be um, a character that has some extreme um, characteristic? Is it gonna be some special move that you do that they wait and they wait for you to do that? You know, I always I pin people with the Susie splits, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I jump off the high rope and you know the turnbuckle. I mean, and and uh, land in the splits on them, and that was the end of them. When the Susie splits hit you, you're done. So, you know, think of things like that. Um, always keep your mind open. Watch other things. Um, educate yourself in, in everything that goes on. In order to reflect life, you gotta know what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, you gotta know what people are watching, um, what their interests are, and and I think that that's the best way to prepare yourself. Awesome. So I don't know what I've got going on right now. I got two kids that are just about to finish college um, and starting careers. One's in film and the other one is in gaming. Wow. He's in you know, resort industry. Um, he finished his college. Awesome. And I'm still practicing law because I can't think of anything more fun to do. 
I get to be a part of these amazing projects that my clients do. And they're everything from a major casino resort that's looking at adding esports into the program, or it's the esports team that's doing the Call of Duty competitions. Um, that's too cool. You know, I just get to see so much. Mm -hmm. And I get to be at the table with people that take risks. And believe it or not, I was a wrestler, but I'm not really a risk taker. <laughs> <laughs> Well, once again, on behalf of Brian and myself, I want to thank you so much for coming on. You've been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. And, thank I, you. and if you'd like to do this again sometime, we would be more than well. We would have, be more than welcome to have you on. Very good, very good, and thank you. Thank you. Um, it's a pleasure meeting you. You guys take care. Thank you. Hey, everybody! It's Morty. It's Brian. And thank you for watching today's episode of Developmentally Speaking. If you could, please click that subscribe button. And don't forget to punch that bell icon so you can get notified whenever we go live or drop a new video every Monday. Well, thanks for watching, guys. And we'll see you on the next Developmentally Speaking.